Good morning. Um, I've succumbed to tech. Um, I've always liked paper. And if you look at my bedside table, there's a million books on it. And under the bed is another million books. Um, but um, the nice thing about tech is that the font gets bigger the older you get. <laughs> so I'm able to read what I've actually written um, instead of having great big sharpie font size on paper and 15 pieces of paper. Um, thank you, Nate, for your prayer and for introducing me. Um, as he said, I'm Belinda and I have come with my husband today and I have two sons who, we have two sons, 25 and 23, all grown up but still crowding our house and cluttering up space because the housing market is the way that it is. But we love them and we'll keep them, I think, because um, it's hard to train new ones in their place. So, yeah. Um, I'm also a nurse in a school and that's crazy busy. Um, seems to be getting busier uh, every year. I think uh, the more stress the world goes under, the more our kids feel it, like frogs, I guess. <laughs> so, um, apparently, if the environment's bad, frogs feel it, so... If the environment's bad, kids feel it too. I think we all feel it. Anyway, um, with that in mind, I, uh, my message title today is uh, Faith in the Face of Challenge, Keeping Your Faith in the Face of Suffering and Challenge. And we hear about suffering and challenge so much these days, and we've actually made a deliberate decision in our world not to listen to the news um, we th keep up to date with what we need to in terms of our masks and washing our hands and keeping our distance and all those things. But And we're hanging out, keeping up to date with um, what's going on with travel because we'd like to leave the state in, in a week's time and go on a holiday. But um, mostly we try to not get too much of that in because uh, statistically, actually, the world that we live in uh, the levels of people needing uh, care around anxiety and depression, around uh, just personal health, has escalated significantly. Counselors are full, doctors are full, uh, because it's a tough time to live. And so today I just wanted to talk about how we keep our faith in a time of challenge. Um, the other day at school, I had a child come flying into my office and he, um, anybody know what a Beyblade is? Right, so a Beyblade, probably in the old days a Beyblade was a top, a spinning top. But this thing has a, looks like a cable tie and you pull it through the do flicky and it spins and does its thing. And... Um, he, what he'd done with the cable tie thing was he'd pulled it round his finger and by the time he got to me, his finger was blue. And he didn't say, he just came flying into my office and he said, am I going to die, am I going to die, am I going to die, am I going to die? And I said, not today. <laughs> and we cut the cable tie off his finger and he went on his way with a nice pink finger and all was good. But I think at the... At the centre of all of who we are is that need for survival. And 
In fact, our bodies are actually created for survival. You know, if you've ever had a shot of adrenaline at any stage in your life, you'll know that it puts you into survival mode. And um, the world that we live in and how our, even our, how our restrictions work is in order to help us to survive. We are actually created to survive. Um, and, and how do we do that? How do we do that well? And how do we do that as Christians in faith? Um, not just survive as in exist on a day-to-day level, but, but actually survive in faith and in joy and in hope for what's coming next. Our world is in crisis, and there's bad news everywhere. But we can do this, and the reason that we can do this is because we have Jesus Christ. I'd like to just read to you Paul's view on it. So nothing has changed through the centuries, actually. They've, we've always had some kind of disaster or another happening in the world. And uh, I saw a thing, actually, on Facebook the other day. It was an old man who met a young man, and he said, oh, how do you feel about what's going on in the world? He said, well... You know, we've had World War One, we've had World War Two, we've had plagues and disasters. You know, it's just another one. I get to meet you today. It's good. Um, so that's how the world is. And even in Paul's time, when he wrote the word that we read today and find encouragement in, he had something to say. Um, and in Philippians one verse twenty, it says, "I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed." but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. So that was his take on it. We need courage. We actually need courage to get through each day, whether we're living it or whether we're dying in it. We're all dying anyway. So we might as well just do a good job of it while we're doing it, right? My first point today in helping us to do that, so how do we do that? How, we, how do we do that? How do we survive in this world that is just so negative all the time? It's not just about you. It's bigger than you. And in a world where we're all suffering and we're all looking at each other suffering, um, it, it can suck you down, it can make it worse. Um, but what we need to do as Christians is we have to realise that it's not just about us. First of all, that we have someone that carries us in it. And also that when we are doing life and when we are rising to the challenges of each day, people are watching us. And when we do it well and when we do it rising up in faith and in encouragement and in strength, um, they, are, they rise up and find their strength and encouragement through us. It's in community that together we can do this. And we see that even in what's happening around us. When people pull together like we have in South Australia, we do well. We do really well. And that's not an arrogant statement. We just are really doing well because we all know that this is something that we need to do together. And so we're setting that example together and people are watching us. And that is great in 
being able to just lift the general spirit of the people around us and encouraging them to be involved in being together. Who are coffee drinkers among you? Yes, I like the smell of coffee, don't like the taste. But if you, if you think about an espresso, espresso, um, it's a small entity of coffee and it's really intense, right? Really intense, apparently. Um, coffee is just coffee for me. But um, if you think about that in your world, if it's just you and you're by yourself, it's small and it's really intense. But if you add water or milk or something nice to a coffee and it spreads the load of that in- the intensity of that taste, it's better, right? Well, some of the espresso drinkers might not think so, but it spreads the load of the intensity of that drink. And that's the same with life. When we are in this together... When we do laugh together, it spreads the intensity of the thing that we are going through, of the challenges that we face. When we're in it together, we can win. We have that ability to keep going and not to just exist, but to grow and prosper and sharpen each other and be encouraged and keep going, right? Secondly, when, oh, just to finish that off, when we do that, when we lean on each other, we also lean on God who is in all of us. So we, you can learn something from the people around you. You can be encouraged by something that they're learning from, from God. Each person brings their bit into that encouraging place where you spread the load of the intensity of the challenges that you face. Secondly, it is about God. It's always about God. It's not a surprise to him that this has happened to us. He's not going, oh my gosh, COVID, what am I going to do? All these people, there's so much struggle in the world. He knows and he knows that we are going to suffer under this, but he also knows the solutions to this. He's not scrambling for an answer. And when we tap into God, it brings that. It's like when a child comes running in and says, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I have the solution. It's okay. We're going to make it through this. And when we have God at the center of our world, and when we share God with each other together, um, we'll make it. We'll be okay. Psalm uh, 73 says this. Whom have I in heaven but you? My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 23 says this, Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Shadows are an interesting thing when when your kids are little, they're always afraid of the shadows. But shadows are an illusion. Because as soon as you switch the lights on, the shadow's gone. As soon as we have the light of God at the center of who we are, the shadows, the lies, 
the things that are just a perception and not a reality are gone in the light of Jesus Christ, who helps us when we need him the most. Emotions can often separate us from God. When I know for myself when I'm really upset or really stressed out, it's hard. It's really hard to hear from God, isn't it? To know exactly what to do or why this is happening or how to, how to proceed. But he's never not there. Nothing can separate us from the love of God according to his word. And when you stick to his word, when you do that routine thing about coming around those comforting scriptures, those scriptures in, in the word of God that, hold, that you can hold to, that explain his character and who he is, then you'll know that you are never forsaken. You are never left alone because the character of God will always respond to nurture and to coming alongside his people according to his word. And in fact, in Romans 8, it does say, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And the writer of Romans goes through a whole list of all the things that can come against us. But nothing, none of those have the power because nothing can separate us from God's love. Um, I'd like to read to you this little excerpt from a young woman who, um, she was on America's Got Talent. She's, uh, she sang and she got the golden buzzer. I don't, I don't watch um, America's Got Talent, but it actually just came up on my newsfeed. But she's also a blogger um, and she's a cancer sufferer. And she wrote this epic blog and I'd just like to share it with you in terms of how how our perceptions of the suffering um, shape us, but also how encouraging it is when you hear somebody's journey and how they uh, respond to God. I've had cancer three times now. I, have, I am barely 30. There are times when I wonder what I will have what I must have done to deserve such a story. I feel sometimes that when I die and meet with God, that he will say I disappointed him or offended him or failed him. Maybe he'll say I never learned the lesson or that I wasn't grateful enough. But one thing I know for sure is this. He can never say he didn't know me. I'm God's downstairs neighbour banging on the ceiling with a broomstick. I show up at his door every day, sometimes with songs, sometimes with curses, sometimes apologies, gifts, questions, demands. Sometimes I use my key under the mat to let myself in. Other times I sulk outside until he opens the door to me himself. Call me bitter if you want to. That's fair. Count me among the angry, the cynical, the offended, the hardened. But count me also among the friends of God. For I, am, I have seen him in rare form. I have felt his exhale laid in his shadow, squinted to read the message he wrote in the grout for me. I'm sad too. 
If an explanation would help, he would write me one. I know it. But maybe an explanation would only start an argument between us. And I don't want to argue with God. I want to lay in a hammock with him and trace the veins in his arms. I remind myself that I'm praying to the God who let the Israelites stay lost for decades. They begged to arrive in the promised land. But instead he let them wander. Answering prayers, they didn't pray. For 40 years their shoes didn't wear out. Fire lit their path each night. Every morning he set their mercy bread from heaven. I look hard for the answers to the prayers I didn't pray. I look for mercy bread that he promised to bake fresh for me each morning. The Israelites called called it manna, which means what is it? That's the same question I'm asking again and again. There's mercy here somewhere. What is it? What is it? What is it? I see mercy in the dusty sunlight that outlines the trees, in my mother's crooked hands, in the blanket my friend left for me, in the harmony of the wind chimes. It's not the mercy that I asked for, but it's mercy nonetheless. And I learn a new prayer. Thank you. It's a prayer I don't mean yet, but I repeat it until I do. Call me cursed, call me lost, call me scorned, but that's not all. Call me chosen, blessed, sought after. Call me the one who God whispers his secrets to. I'm the one whose belly is filled with loaves of mercy bread that is hidden for me. Even on days when I'm not sick, sometimes I lay on the mat in the afternoon lights to listen for him. I know it sounds crazy and I can't really explain it, but God is there even now. I have heard it said that some people can't see God because they won't look low enough. But it's true. If you can't see him, look lower because God is on the bathroom floor. What an amazing personal way to see God in suffering. He is there and he never lets go because we're created in his image. You know, it's the same as trying to let go of a child. It's your child. How could you ever let go? And God is the same. He will always be there for us. Lastly, let me encourage you in times of suffering, in time to keep your faith, to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Communication is unique to the human race. Languages are unique to us. Animals and creatures make sounds that they communicate with each other, but we have the exquisite gift of language and communication as you know is key in relationships with um, with people with your husband with your kids with your community it's important to communicate always isn't it and it's the same with God sometimes it can be really hard to communicate with God for me sometimes it's not hard at all and I can rant and rave and go off at him about whatever's happening in my life but he's there 
and his answers, he does answer. And even when the answer is no, I expect to have the courage and the strength to walk through the answer that is given because there always is an answer. Sometimes people's burdens or their suffering drives me to, into the presence of God. And the answer comes always softly, not in an epic reminder in the sky or a massive revelation, more just like a soft whisper, keep your joy. It's so important for us to keep our joy in times of suffering. Joy is that thing that gives you strength. You can't wait for life not to be hard anymore to experience joy. You just can't. There isn't enough time. When I feel overwhelmed, God always says, keep your joy, because the joy of the Lord, according to his word, is our strength. Joy is found in his word. Beauty for ashes. His strength perfect in our weakness. His grace sufficient for us. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says this, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind in that we need to find our joy, that we need to remember Every day, in the routines of every day, you have to add that measure of joy to your every day in order to survive the world that we live in. Jesus, finally, is our ultimate example in the Garden of Gethsemane. Full of sorrow and fear, alone, in that small, intense space, um, knowing what's coming next. And he reaches out and says to God, I can't do this. It's hard. I'm afraid. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. You can read it in the word. He's afraid enough to sweat blood. And then he says, but I know this is not just me. It's you. And it's not just me. It's them. And by that example, I'm going to hand myself over to you because I know you got this, God. And he hands himself over to the God of the impossible. And in that moment, in Mark, it says that ministering angels come and comfort him before he goes to the cross. He's our ultimate example, isn't he? If we get to that place where we can't do it, just say it. I can't do this, God. Only through you I can. So I'd just like to pray with you before I hand over to who's next. Um, if you're struggling today, if you're having a challenge, or if you're one of the people who has joy today, share it. If you're struggling, share it. And know that you're not alone. Thank you, Father that we can rely on you, that in times of need we can lean on, rely on and trust in you, Father God. And even when our answers don't come or they come too slowly, you are always there. You never let go of us. 
We are your children. We have comfort in you. Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to just know that whatever the circumstances are, you will be there. Help us, Lord, to also find the answers that you leave for us, Father God, along the way to help us get through it, the wisdom, the understanding, and also help us as a community, Lord, to come around each other and encourage each other to keep going. It's that that spurring on of each other, that iron sharpening iron that helps us to keep going together. We thank you, Lord, that central to that, you are always there and you will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.